taking you on a journey for the pursuit of PPC. Welcome to PPC Rockstars. Get ready to rumble through the latest PPC news and views from around the blogosphere. Learn from our hosts and the PPC pros that will take you to the promised land of PPC profit. We're cashing in the clicks with the PPC Rockstars. Here's your host, David Zatella. Hey, PPC pals, it's another episode of PPC Rockstars. You know, we have the Rockstars on the show, but we have on the show today the man, the, in my opinion, in my opinion counts, the most knowledgeable PPC expert on the planet. And we are very lucky to have him today. And I'm talking about, of course, Brad Geddes. Welcome, Brad. Thanks, David. Thanks, David. Yes, your opinion does count. Good. Nice to know. Your thing lately has been ad testing, and not just because you have a great product that I'll ask you to describe. Well, you'll probably be talking about it in the midst of our conversation today, but you're fascinated with ad testing and and tend to come up with the most thought-provoking blog posts and information about it. So recently, you published a blog post about how to test image ads, which is something that people don't do very often. They're kind of concentrated on text ads because it's so easy to create them and variations of them. So, yeah, image ads are often more difficult to test than text ads. So how do we do it? Oh, there's there's a few ways, right? I mean, so first, you have to think about conceptually what you want to test, right? So you, you might be testing hey, what if we spotlight a product with a call to action of buy now versus learn more? You you might be testing discounts or prices and ads. But what's often not tested are things like color variations. And in fact, this is one of those, I, I think, hidden things. I think you and I have talked about this before, that Google even looks and says, if this publisher site is you know dark colored, should we have a complementary or a contrasting ad on the site, right? Should we use a darker white ad? And, and so it's an inventory management thing. And so, I mean, number one is really what's the concept you want to test? And with, you know, thinking specifically Google, because Bing doesn't have a lot of image ad testing, right. you have ad groups where you don't control where the ad is placed, right? So this is if you just use topic targeting, right? You're mm-hmm. just saying, hey, show this topic. And, and so in that case, what you're really then saying, here's our themes of ads, because you don't want to test necessarily size by size, because that would only work for a publisher you knew their, their ad inventory sizes. So you really want to say, here's the different themes we're testing. And, you know, we generally like to use labels here. We'll say, all right, let's, here's our dark theme, here's our price theme, here's our discount theme, whatnot, and let's label each theme. And then aggregate the data at a label level then instead of at an mm-hmm. ad level to understand how themes do. Now, that's only useful if you don't control the actual placements, right? If you're controlling the placements, you can do size-by-size testing and, and so forth. Right. How about audience testing? Oh, really important, right? I mean, remarketing is a very important thing to test. Remarketing is usually your absolute best image ads or, or even just display because mm-hmm. right? you already have a relationship. And so often marketing, what's interesting is, you know, we'll see someone who has, you know, five ad tests running and they'll say, okay, this is the best one. And so they pause the other four mm-hmm. and they expect, you know, the performance of their absolute best one to be maintained or obviously increased since all the impressions go there. 
And, and what often happens is the overall performance actually declines. Mm-hmm. And that's because it's remarketing. You already have an established relationship. This, this person already knows about your brand a little bit. So you're just trying to push, like give them the latest you know, push to say, hey, go finish your action. And, and so what we often see is that leaving two or three overall themes per ad group as opposed to just the best one actually leads to overall aggregate better results because someone doesn't like theme one, they might like theme two or three as opposed to keeping the best theme, right? And that's kind of counterintuitive with ad testing that you'd leave a lower performing one in. It's not true for search because search is so intent driven. You don't have banner blindness. Like that's not a term with search, right? right? It is with display. Yep. Especially remarketing where the same person is seeing ads over and over again. So it makes sense to rotate image ads for the reason you just mentioned. Plus there is banner blindness. Yeah, exactly. And you're not really, and it's made it a little bit easier to really understand things like CTR because CTR before maybe three, four months ago was almost impossible to really measure on display because you didn't know if the user actually saw your ad. Mm -hmm. So if you got a bunch of impressions below the fold and they were never seen, should that really count against you, right? And it used to, but now that Google's gone to only using a viewable impression, so you only get impression if half your ad is seen for at least one second. It's made things like even, you know, CTR testing, CPI testing, some metrics which were tough at times on Display Network to really use for testing, now, now there are useful metrics again mm-hmm. to look at. Right. So you're, you're advocating the use of labels to look at aggregate data. So let's say I've labeled the ads in four ad groups. Where do I go from there? So, I mean, from there, you obviously can't use that in Google, right? So you, you, you label your ads in four different ad groups. You download your data, right? Use your, your simple exports and then use pivot tables. And your key is now the label level. Now, in reality, I, I'm an organizational freak, as we've probably talked about. So I'm going to label my ads things like theme name dash size and then, you know, maybe label the sizes too. So I can do some analysis sizes to see if, you know, maybe if one of the sizes is doing really well, that tells me there's probably a publisher site or, or set of sites that I want to look at more closely because this size is doing well as opposed to a theme, which is usually uh, a few outliers in there. Yeah, take your data, download it, put it in a pivot table, and your key now is your label, which is why you label them. So you have a pivot table key. It's really what you're creating at the end here. Gotcha. So is there any importance to making sure that one ad group or that, let's say, the impressions and clicks and conversions, et cetera, are dispersed fairly evenly among the label groups? Not necessarily, right? So what's important from a high-level standpoint is to not combine targeting types together, right? So a topic targeting just means, hey, these pages are somewhat related to, to what you do. Where a remarketing audience is a pre-existing relationship, a similar audience, it's similar to a pre-existing relationship, right? So number one is to ensure that the data you're combining is based on similar targeting types, which is is just why from an organization standpoint, I prefer to make a campaign per targeting type as opposed to an ad group per targeting type. Just Mm -hmm. so for me, it's just easy to kind of see, okay, that's remarketing, this is topic, these are keywords, whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I can just download the data in a campaign and look at it. But if you're not going to do that, then you probably want to use a label as well that's targeting type so that you can then throw it in a pivot table again and do a filter 
based upon the targeting type and then do your key off of that. But you're going to see, especially with display, some ad groups have so many more impressions than others. It's going to be up and down because you don't really control display inventory. I mean, I know you were one of the early people who really spouted a lot of the display stuff and, and how much yeah. you loved it and really doing a lot of great sessions at PubCon and SMX on display marketing. In fact, that's where I, I kind of always think of you as my, as the display person. I know that's not where you are anymore, right? But early on, you were really into content network, which might have been because many people were not or were misunderstood. It's, and, and it's still the case. I mean, it's still a fresh topic. Speaking of fresh, we have some fresh messages from our sponsors. So, Brad, can you hold on? And listeners, please stay with us. PPC Rockstars. We'll be back after we click through our sponsors. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising, or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? Studies show that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average. The web marketing experts at WMETraining.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean, converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the web marketing experts at WMETraining.com. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. The pursuit of PPC continues. Welcome back to PPC Rockstars. Here's your host, David Zatella. And we are back with Brad Geddes, the expert of all experts, in my opinion, on PPC. Let's just slip in a little, little display advertising controversy here. So at one time, I either published or we just had a conversation with some drinks and, and talked about ranking the different targeting methods in order of what produced the best results. And I said custom affinity, then in market, then affinity, no, remarketing before affinity. Yeah. I'm going to get confused. Anyway, I, I ranked topic and keyword and placement closer to the bottom, and you ranked those higher. How do you feel about it today? I probably more agree with you today, and it's due more to Google has gotten better at understanding users. They're still not great. I mean, everyone who's in average world has problems with Google understanding logins and crap, right? Google still doesn't quite understand what a user is, but they, they've gotten better, I think, at 
what a similar type of user is, what in market truly means. And so I would probably go, you know, remarketing, similar list to remarketing, mm -hmm. in market, affinity, keywords, topics, interests. Although interest is one of those that I would re-rank it based upon the type of market it is, right? So if if it's something with a repeat purchase behavior, something you buy monthly, right? Like if you've got an infant, you buy diapers and formula monthly. Mm -hmm. Then then an interest, I think, jumps up a lot because that user is shown a behavior. So it's almost like a similar list in a way. Sorry. Where if it's a one-time purchase, like cruise vacations, right? Unless you're a lucky person, you don't get to take a cruise every month. And and so the interest one is one that I – it's kind of like my wild card that I see it sometimes do surprisingly well and surprisingly poor that I don't have a great place to put it in a true ranking list. Right. What do you think about interest targeting? Well, it doesn't exist anymore. In other words, it's been replaced by affinity – not uh, in all of Europe. Ah, okay. So yeah, so Europe. we have affinity in the U.S. Countries with lower populations still have um, interest. Okay. Well, I think interest worked well for me. In other words, as you just said, Google knows a lot more about uh, each site visitor, let's say, than certainly three, four, five years ago. And you know, my favorite is kind of an interest-based audience, which is a custom affinity audience, where you get to describe in great detail the types of people that you want to reach and the types of sites that they frequent. So it's kind of a hybrid between topic and interest. Now, I do have a little, a little dirty secret about topic targeting and keyword targeting. And that is, I'm sure you know this, Brad, that Google matches keyword sets and topics to the theme of websites. And the way that one of the ways, one of the strongest ways that they determine the theme is how the site owner has described their content, because yep. they do that in the process of setting up an AdSense account. And the really smart but not so ethical site owners just tick the boxes on everything because basically they want everybody to visit their site <laughs> so they'll get maximum AdSense revenue. So that's why you see these crazy things show up in the placement report when you use keywords or topics. And, and to me, that's one of the main reasons that it's relatively underperforming. Yeah, well, I mean, I, keywords, so topics, yeah, keywords, I think, are a little bit better matched than that because you've got you know, Google understands keywords much better than understand topics. Because mm -hmm. I don't, I mean, I, as a searcher, right, When that, once they move to the more semantic-based search and the, I forget what the algorithm is is for it, you know, where they, they look at more entity-based associations, mm -hmm. I get actually worse results than if I do keywords. Because if something crosses over, all of a sudden, they don't know how to place it, right? So if you do something like Google Analytics WordPress plugin, well, I've searched for Google Analytics, WordPress, and plugin. Now, there's really like three or four answers for that query, right? Sure. There's not that many plugins for it. Except Google doesn't know, should we rank Google Analytics? Should we rank WordPress site? Should we rank the plugin site? Because you put three entities, distinct entities, in right. one query. Right. And that's where I find keywords match better. 
right. than topics or, or some of how you know, they do their search technology these days. Yep. Well, this has been an interesting tangent. Let's go back to ad testing. Actually, let's, let's segue into the, the next topic we're going to talk about, which is you have described an entity that is new to me, and that is the n-gram. What's an n-gram, and why should we care? All right. So I love n-gram so much, right? So, so let's just let's say that you have these particular queries. You have plumbers, and it's got ten conversions, and you have plumbers in London, and it has you know zero conversions and only like five impressions. And you have plumbers in Munich, and it's got ten impressions and and no conversions. And you've got licensed plumber. Now, from a search query data, right, you've got four distinct queries. Mm-hmm. From an n-gram standpoint, what you really have is the word plumber used in four queries. You have the word in used in two queries. You have the word London used in one, Munich in one, and licensed in one. And so an n-gram is going to, kind of like a pivot table, rekey the data on the individual term or terms. It might say, okay, plumbers in actually occurred in two different queries. And then redo the data based on the term level, regardless of how many queries it shows up in. And so with an n-gram, you can say, all right, so the word plumber is in four queries and aggregate has got you know 10 conversions in this much CPA. The word in, oh, it's used in this many queries, but you'd never see that search volume because it's so low. You never look at plumbers in London and Munich and, and Chicago, whatnot. But all of a sudden, this word in is important. Mm-hmm. And, and so n-grams are just a different way of viewing information at a, a term level. And then you can see like a term instance count, which is how many queries this term shows up in. So that way you can see in aggregate, hey, this term, when it shows up, we do terrible. That should be either a negative keyword, maybe we should make a new product for it or something else. Or, hey, when this term shows up, we do amazing. Like maybe in was doing great for you. That usually signifies a geo, right? Which says, hey, maybe we should think more about how we do our geographic targeting. And so it's, it's a lot of data work, right, to do this. You pretty much need a third-party system or like access or some like, simple little thing you can run, but a, a true database system. Mm-hmm. It, it's too much for like an Excel system. But it's great to look at your data this way because all of a sudden you can find patterns that exist in your query data that you just you can't find normally. Right. Now, there is one product that can use ngram data and produce it. Do you know what that product is? Oh, of course I know what that product is, right? <laughs> so ad analysis it can do it, right? The goal is to... Uh, do all data crunching behind the scenes and let users just work with insights and not with raw numbers, which are just busy work for people to manage. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yeah, yeah. So what does it let you do faster or better than the manual method? Well, ngrams you can't do manually, right? So that's okay. just that's just not even a thing, right? To do and if you think if you have in fact, here, I'll look at an account. So this account has 1,112 distinct search queries. So now that doesn't seem that many, right? Now, when you look at n-grams that have at least 100 impressions, they have 917. 
mm-hmm. right? So all of a sudden, I mean, that, that number, and so, actually, that's not a big number. Sometimes it's, it's way higher. So to go through and say, here is every single individual term, and here's how often it happened, you're just not going to do this by hand. But to give an example, I mean, you know, I talking about this earlier, right? So like I've worked this company for years. There's a little small e-commerce company who sells custom products, right? If you're have, having an event, you want a thousand napkins, they'll go print your logo on it or something, right? And so, you know, just like most people, if something has, you know, 10, 15 impressions, right, you ignore it because there's not enough data to, to think about something with 10 impressions. Right. And I was looking at it and they had their, gosh, like fifth highest aggregate impression engram term was the word wine. People searching for customized wine glasses, customized, you know, by wine glasses with logos for more elegant events. And this is a term never found by keyword tools, never found by a person in, in years because it was never high volume. And all right. of a sudden, like, wow, you, we should I mean, make this a negative, save us a lot of money, and we should add this as a product. And, and so because you kind of now get a different level of insight, you might even think of new products or services or ways of keying your marketing. So they by themselves don't tell you anything. Gotcha. It, it's, again, the human has to say, what do we do with this, right? And negative keyword standpoint is simple, right? It's really easy to say, Filter by my terms now that have more than, you know, X amount of spend and impressions and less than X conversions or over, you know, a CPA and just make them negatives. So it's a great way to find like the single word negatives that block a lot of traffic. Hey, but, speaking of impressions, we have some sponsors and they are out there waiting to make a good impression on you. Stay with us. PPC Rockstars. We'll be back after we click through our sponsors. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. 
the pursuit of PPC continues. Welcome back to PPC Rockstars. Here's your host, David Zatella. And we are back into the home stretch with Brad Geddes. Brad, another very interesting thing I noticed that uh, Adalysis can do now deals with negative keyword conflicts. So, yes or no, there can be negative keyword conflicts in your account, and Google may not flag them. Yeah, so we actually look at actual search terms and actual things. And so I was talking with one of our advertisers yesterday, and they were having problems with some keywords, right? And Google gave them a negative keyword conflict report and said you have nine negatives that aren't that are stopping you from showing. And they went and removed the nine negatives, and they didn't get any impressions. And it turned out we had flagged 54 negatives. Wow. And it turned out that we were correct and Google was wrong, which actually I was surprised because I couldn't figure out how Google could be wrong on this. But I think the other thing that sometimes you don't realize is that you can have an exact match term and an exact match negative and still get impressions because exact match, phrase match, whatnot show for misspellings, singulars, plurals, different stemmings. And so you know, that's where also looking at conflicts from a semantic standpoint can be useful because that's the kind of stuff that a, a keyword tool is never going to bring up because no one looks at exact matches of stuff. So it's just amazing and annoying that there can be hidden keyword conflicts in your account. And the only way you can see them is if you hover over the little thought balloon next to keywords. And if you have a lot of keywords, you're never going to do that. Well, so. The other problem is Google looks at your campaign and aggregate negatives. It doesn't look at your campaign list negatives when it determines conflicts. Oh, really? Yeah. That, that was something I learned this week because, I again, right, you would just think, why would they not look at this? Turns out, not included. That's crazy. Yeah. That's some crazy stuff. <laughs> Common sense things, right? Sometimes the you know you tell a programmer exactly what to do, and if you don't define something, it's not right. his job to think right. about it, right? His or her job is to just code what the PMs told him to make. Right, right. Um, hey, just briefly, give us a, a paragraph on Adalysis, your, sure. your product. So Adalysis' goal is twofold, right? It is to take all the number crunching and do it automatically behind the scenes so users only focus on actionable things to do. Our main thing is ad testing, automatically create ad tests, get insights, cross ad groups, so forth. But there's a lot more you can do within the system as well. So really, I think you're being modest. The fact is that it does a lot of really useful stuff that is impossible to do, impractical or impossible to do manually. Oh, yeah. I mean, and like we, I mean, a few months ago, right, we launched a whole lot of clause score analysis. You can't do this in AdWords because Google doesn't break up the factors for you, but it is in the API. So we can take every keyword, every sub factor, and make you a simple chart that says, hey, your main problem is ad relevance or landing pages. And here's the actual keywords in one nice chart that have below average landing page or, you know, below average CTR. And those filters don't exist in AdWords. And, and so there's a lot of stuff we can do because we're marketers, right? So we think about what we have to do in practice. Google thinks about what they have to show and how to serve ads. Right. Hey, speaking of service, I think I'm going to see you at SMX East. 
Yes, we will be in New York together. Excellent. We can finally find that uh, karaoke bar. Oh, yeah, that's going to take a couple drinks to get me to sing. Yeah. We'll force you. And then uh, you'll be speaking at PubCon as well, right? I will be. Are you going to be at PubCon? Yeah. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. We'll definitely have to go out and have a drink. Um, yeah, I'll be at PubCon at SMX East. And for the, I'm actually this year, I've never been to Salt Lake City before. It's one of the major cities I've never been to. So I'm going to go out to... Um, so, like, City's SEM, which which Adobe uh, helps them out a lot because Adobe's based there, right. part right. of this. So, I'll I'll be there in August, which I'm kind of looking forward to since it's um, the hidden search community of Salt Lake City. What's that again? It's the hidden search community of Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City has a surprisingly large number of agencies and and PPC people in it. Mm-hmm. For being Salt Lake City, there's a lot of agencies. There's a huge huge community there. That I mean is more active than like Chicago. I mean it's a much smaller city, wow. obviously, than Chicago. Yep. Yeah, and so it had this wonderful, thriving community. They have a disproportionate amount of SEM people there as opposed to other cities. So um, yeah, I'm going up there in August to speak at their event, their their annual event, and and kind of get a lay of the land because it's supposedly a great city. I've never been there. Yeah, it is. I have been there, and it's one of the top ones. Hey, listen. Unfortunately, we have to close. Let me just spell analysis for the audience. A-D as in dog, A-L-Y-S-I-S. That's analysis.com. And we didn't get to talk about it today, but you also run uh, another tool set and a, a set of resources called Certified Knowledge, and that is certifiedknowledge.org. So uh, I encourage listeners to check both of those out. Excellent. Thank you, David. You're welcome. And thanks, Brad. We'll have you on again, obviously. And I'll see you in a few months. Sounds great. You have a wonderful weekend. Thank you. You too. And listeners, thank you for sticking with us. And come back next week or the week after for another episode of PPC Rockstars. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited 